are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of so. No, 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 wait. That this isn't right. Arg, matey, you are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you landlubbers, you can always go to swordchomp.com, where you can access the many places the Chomp Cast is available for download. Go tell your friends about the show, or I'll sick a band of scallywags on ya. Shiver me timbers, we've got a good show today. Tons of talk about the new rare IP, Sea of Thieves. Topic of the show is all about video games as a service, like Xbox Game Pass. Ahoy there, we have some polls on the horizon. Poll results including Sea of Thieves reviews, or, or Oreos, my favorite snack for sailing, the, X- the Xbox One dashboard. Keep it together, <laughs> Morgan, you're almost there. <laughs> The Xbox One dashboard, or as I call it, the poop deck. The bio break involving a a giant squid to fit the theme of the show. And me and Josh couldn't get out of a way out fast enough. All that and more on this week's Chomcast. Arg to ya. Ah, you know... The Chompcast, eh? That name reminds me of that time a shark took a big chomp right out my arse. Shoved my hook right up his fishy butt. Speaking of fishy arses, Anthony Fisher is here from Texas. Arr, fish. You remember that time you lost that entire peg leg inside that hooker back in Port Maria? I <laughs> sure... The, the hooker's yeah. name was actually Port Maria. It was a really strange coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it was serendipitous. The, po- the port, the port was in reference to her weight. Well, what are you guys talking like this? I can't understand you. You're not <laughs> speaking pirate. <laughs> yeah, port, port Maria was quite a, quite a gaper. Could it oh, handle gaper. my? <laughs> a gaper. Could it quite, could it quite handle you know <laughs> me micropenis? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're resourceful. It's the caveman. It's the caveman pirate. Right. Pirates come in all shapes and colors. There, money. We don't judge here. All right. Well, you know, I actually ran into her uh, a couple years later. There, uh, fish. Um, she told me she was so drunk she woke up the next day with splinters in her snatch. So, good on you, my friend. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You are as well. Glad to have you here aboard the old, the old crew. Uh, speaking of ports, our next sailor, Shay Layton, is here from the seas of Japan, and they say he has a lady in every port. How are you, matey? Ohio gozaimasu. Uh, it's a very interesting pirate voice you got there. <laughs> this is your, this is your calling, Shay. It I've is. been waiting to talk like a pirate forever. Do you, do you want me to talk like a pirate? <laughs> of course I do! Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't even play Sea of Thieves, though. I don't know how Doesn't to Doesn't matter, like that's just the intro of the show, come on. Uh, Shay's always like, well, guys, right. we should do this whole I, intro and... Go ahead, go ahead, I, sorry. I can't wait to record about a game I never played. Uh... But you're still going to tell us about the giant squid. It's not the just giant about squid. Yeah. You didn't been doing research on the giant squid. You're going to tell us all about 
all about the giant squid. It's a great story. The giant. Yes, and I also played Into the Breach, which we can talk about okay. later. Ah, uh, Into the Breach is, ah, uh, that's that old pirate story. Well, glad you're here. Glad it's you're actually, here. it's actually a story about Port Maria, Into the Breach. Oh, uh, well, just be careful, lad. You don't want to pick up a nasty case of barnacles on your undercarriage, so protect yourself out there, all right? Mm, yes. Arr, all right. Well, that that worked well enough, I guess. Our, our, the next old salt, drifting all the way in from the tides of Michigan, Joshua Fowler is here. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm fine. Mighty fine. Fair mm. wind to blow. Blow me into this uh, airport. You're like the... <laughs> You're like the wise, you're the wise uh, pirate of the crew here. I could, you know, salty, <laughs> salt in your beard. Uh, <laughs> salt in your beard from lots of travel mm-hmm. and not dried cum flakes, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Uh, oh my goodness. Nothing, come on. You guys, don't leave me hanging with this stupid voice. I need you. <laughs> we leave you hanging with that stupid voice every week. All right. The voice is done. We, we, we pretty much made it. Aww. We made it. Pre- hey, I was oh, yeah, fully committed. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm fully committed to this gig. All right. We did good. We did good. Mainly Morgan. You know what? Morgan, yeah. I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you applause for sticking with that. Good job. You always push this. Like, it. guys, we should do this next show in a weird voice. I'm like, all right. I'm going to give Shay his wish. I'm going to just talk in a weird pirate voice the whole intro. You did, you did good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> all right. Uh, nice awkward way. No, um, I, of course, am Morgan Barnes from Montana. I am Captain Morgan from Montana. And, uh, sorry, I wanted to do that last part of the voice. I stopped the voice, but I wanted to bring it back for a quick second. Um, sorry, you can always bring it back. You can always, you can always bring it back. Uh, fun show today. Um, yes, that is the topic of the show. And now my voice, <clears throat> good thing I have a cold Dr. Pepper here, because that, that pirate voice does fucking shred your fucking vocal cords up, so, uh... <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, so uh, one thing I want to tease right at the beginning here as we kind of catch up, I want to say I'm not going to be able to really talk about Far Cry 5 this week because I want to save that for next week. I mean, we have a weekly podcast, so there's uh, there's really no point in blowing our load too early in these cases, but I will say this because a lot of people have mess- been messaging me about Far Cry 5. Is that it's uh, one of my one of my biggest surprises, and that you guys know when you're really addicted to a game and you feel like it just scratches that weird like, sen- like a weird tickling in in your brain, um, it just scratches that itch, you know, um, as they say. So you mean that yes. tumor, that tumor you've got <laughs> growing in there? That yeah, that's a Josh. Yeah. scratches that's, the tumor. Scratches yeah, that, that that that's exactly what it was. little little itch <laughs> it's causing in there. Yeah, I'm you sure it's cut benign. The tumor out. <laughs> Cut the tumor out. Um, Fish knows all about tumors. From the last podcast, we learned about <laughs> we learned about that. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, uh, I was just gonna say that um, the I feel like if there if that little tickling sensation that certain games uh, can get in the back of your head, then in this case, it's like I have a, a full grown clit in there, and Shay is just downtown on me. He's licking, he's sucking, he's flicking, he's doing everything he whoa, can. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. What the fuck is going on? What? <laughs> Jesus. What's the, well, the metaphor, Morgan? 
It's just a Man. metaphor. There's nothing, there's nothing gross about that. Come on, it's the female body. It's beautiful. Fucking How'd the hell. tumor turn into a clitoris? I don't know. It, it wasn't a tumor. I don't... Stem Josh cells turned gone it wrong. Into, <laughs> Josh turned my beautiful clitoris into a tumor somehow. It was never spent, uh, meant to be that way. Um, um, by the way, you should probably get tested for HPV. It's uh, not... Uh, Josh, 98% of the American population has HPV. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you can't even really get tested for HPV. Yeah, I was... Yeah, that's uh, the I'm I'm buzz killing your joke with some science. Yeah. You're welcome. It's probably worth it though, just for, so the people yeah. know. Uh, awareness, yeah. HPV. Awareness. Yeah. So just Thank just so the uh, the American population knows who's listening, who doesn't already know, ninety eight percent of you have HPV. Most of it is not harmful, but there are a few strains that can cause cervical cancer and testicular cancer, and hmm. um, there are a few that cause herpes. But most of them are harmless, and you can't really test for it. So, your lesson for today is always wrap up. Always. always. Morgan Barnes. Yeah. Always, always hey. wrap up. Winter is coming. That's what we call HPV here at the Chompcast. Winter. Winter. Yeah. Oof. Um... But yeah, so I, my teaser for this show is to stay tuned next week because I have a surprise as I think Far Cry 5 might end up being one of my favorite games of all time. And if I, if I had told you that before the year that, that those words would come out of my mouth, I would have you know, called you a crazy person. So that's my tease for the show as I've been playing tons of Far Cry 5. More on that next week. But this week, it's all about Sea of Thieves and the topic of the show, of course. That we talked, that we mentioned was sort of games as a service, which was basically just inspired. And I'm glad you guys were cool with going along with this because uh, we got a lot of a big response on the Instagram. And the basic idea was just this Xbox um, Game Pass thing they rolled out is sort of like the new wave of desperation from Xbox to try and gain some ground on uh, maybe not gain ground on PS4, but you know what I mean. Try to get itself back in the game um, by basically offering you a bunch of their games for ten dollars a month. And it's a really brilliant idea. It's sort of like sort of like a Netflix version of video games, but better. So that was the topic of the show, like how you guys feel about that and and that can see because you know there was the the PlayStation Now is the same idea, but it's a little different. It's all streamed and it's mostly older games, but it's it's still pretty cool. If if you play for the service, you can stream a bunch of classic PlayStation Three games, um, and uh, that's that's pretty awesome. But Xbox Game Pass takes it to the next level. I'm literally paying. I'm playing Sea of Thieves for free. For free until that trial runs out, and I'll be paying only ten dollars a month, uh, and that's incredible because there's a there's a bunch of games on there. So this seems to be an interesting way for the the industry to head for people that don't have a lot of money uh, as well. It's a really cool thing. I mean, if they can sustain the business model, I am deeply fascinated by this. Um, so my opening takeaway here, and I'm gonna start passing this around, and then we'll get to some comments from our community. Which, by the way, if you want to check out our community at Swordchomp on Instagram. I do a topic of the week every Thursday, and I try to take uh, the comments, and I, we pick some of our favorites to read on the show and just kind of mix it into the conversation. But this is my opening takeaway with this, is that the Xbox Game Pass is a much better version of this than I'd ever played because you actually just download the games with the pass as opposed to that PlayStation Now, if you remember, that's streaming. And if mm. you have like a bad internet connection or you can get kind of the picture can get kind of fuzzy. Um, yeah. 
there's also a delay in that stream as well. Yes, yes. And this is just basically a free pass to download a bunch of various Xbox. And Microsoft is claiming a lot of their new, brand new first-party titles are going to be on there and see if Thieves is like their proof of concept, which is fucking crazy. I don't even know how they're going to make money off it. That doesn't, that seems too good to be true um, in many ways. So that's my takeaway. It seems too good to fucking be true. Like, what's the fucking catch here, right? I don't see it. I don't get the catch. And then that's the way I feel. Um, well, speaking of which, Josh, how do you feel about the idea of games as a service, like Game Pass or PS Now or what have you? Um, I like it just for cost-saving reasons. I mean, it's one of the reasons I've been, I've used Gamefly for such a long time, um, because that kind of allows you to play games as a service and not have good internet. Um, it's a little mm, more expensive yeah, yeah. and also less user-friendly because you're sending stuff back in in order to get your next game and stuff. But yeah, but is just for cost effectiveness is really nice. Um, yeah, it's as, the same as long thing. as you that don't mind waiting, show, yeah. you know, a little bit because they're always going to have supply issues with the new releases. So yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, kind of like Redbox too. They can have supply issues mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, mm. yeah. It's just, but you're I right. Feel that like is more of a games of a service. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go. No, ahead. no, no. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's kind of a nice middle ground for a lot of people because. Um, I saw a few comments on, on the Instagram and one, one I'll read once we get to them, but basically mentioning how, what your connection is at home is a huge deal for any of these services. Um, well, you just, you just naturally segued into your own question. We might go and read it. Go ahead. Go okay. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a perfect segue. All perfect right. segue, Josh. There we go. You All right. Yourself up. Uh, Dova Fett says, as someone who lives in an area with trash internet, I need physical copies. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to live in a more urban area with faster speeds. The area I live in is pretty populated, but ISPs won't push their faster speeds out here. Uh, it took me four mm-hmm. days to download Halo 5, which, Ugh. yes, that's, yeah, I, I feel you. That's, I've, I've lived in those places. Um, <laughs> yeah. The reason why it took yeah. four days is because the console was like, are you sure you want to download this game? <laughs> Are you sure you want to download you, this game? You had yourself a reluctant Xbox going on. <laughs> yeah, for three days it was like, are you sure? It's like, oh man, oh man. Right. <laughs> really? We have some really? other games here. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that. Like I, yeah, yeah. I do download most of my games at this point just because I like the user friendliness of it if you have the internet speeds for it. But that's a big if for a lot of people, especially in America, where, yeah, the internet... In in Soviet America, internet fucks you. So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very very mm-hmm. nice, very nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's um, a good point. That's mm-hmm. where I'm moving, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. Uh, well, seems... So. <laughs> that's the next step in the fish journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, I mean, Fish, how do you, I mean, you, I know you always struggle with the, uh, the whole budget thing and sort of the fear of purchasing games you don't want, but, um, I don't know, how, where do you stand yeah. on, on this whole idea? Yeah, that, that's it. Like, I personally love that. It's like the play, I, I've used the PlayStation now and I enjoy being able to go through a library of games to suss out what I want to play right then and there. And mm-hmm. usually it's it's games that, you know, I haven't played, but 
Um, PlayStation Now, I think a lot of their games are older games that came out quite a few years ago. Some are PS3 games as well. Um, so it, it's not the most exciting of libraries to me, at least. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> uh, there are just a few games on there. Um, now with Xbox is Game Pass. That actually sounds fucking exciting as hell to me. Um, I think it's actually, is it $10 a month? It, it, well, or, you after the trial's over, it's only ten dollars a month. Yeah. God, that I think I think the PlayStation Now is twenty bucks. Um, what? Yeah, PlayStation Now is actually twenty dollars, uh, and you get it is a it is a bigger library, but it yeah, yeah. Um, but having you know Xbox exclusive games day and date, um, on there does sound very fucking appealing. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, yeah, having Sea of Thieves, um, as soon as it releases on that service is, it's almost like, I guess, it's almost like if you had like an HBO Go, uh, or a service with, uh, HBO, um, just to get, um, Game you know, of Thrones. all their, Game of yeah. Thrones, yeah. Yeah, it's worth mm-hmm. it to you to go ahead and get that service just for that show, um. Whereas, like, it looks like with this, it's for if you're at, if you like the Xbox exclusive games, then um, this would really pay off because ten dollars a month is, you know, you're gonna be end you're gonna end up paying hundred and twenty dollars, and that's essentially if you're buying games as they come out, you know, two games. Yeah. Well, that's so, like his own. Like, the the bagel one actually said on that note, fish. He said. uh Smart move on Xbox part. I may invest ten dollars a month times twelve equals one hundred and twenty. So if you did do a full year, it's one hundred and twenty bucks. Um, the price of two full games, which is pretty much all I buy on Xbox every year anyway. So, um, so basically his rationale is yeah, even if you got it for a whole year, that's only um, that's only as much as two games, which is what well, mm-hmm. Xbox library is pretty weak. Uh, so far, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the yeah. so you can you can try a bunch of games or buy the two games on Xbox, and uh, yeah, yes, yes. Which I think uh, honestly, right. it is. It, um, go ahead, fish. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and having you know, just a whole bunch of uh, it. D- it depends on how their library is going to be. Like if they're going to rotate out games, I don't know how exactly their service is going to work. But mm-hmm. if they're if there's if their library just continues to build and build with all these games and you could play them, you know, throughout the year, like, I, I think that's, that sounds very appealing to me. And I'd imagine to a lot of people, especially people who already, you know, have a Netflix subscription, you know, they, they, they know how it works. They, they find what they like and then they stick mm-hmm. with it and they feel satisfied, yeah. you know, paying the 12 bucks a month or however much they're paying for Netflix. Sometimes you just, the secret to these things is that you forget you have it. So then like five months yeah. down the road, you're like, oh shit, I had that subscription. They've been sucking me right. dry, those brilliant bastards. So that, I just probably answered my own question. That's probably how they make all their money. So Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all they, all they really well, want is subscriptions. The, I mean, that was Xbox's business model for years there because the process to cancel your, your online subscription for xbox mm-hmm. was just the most ridiculous thing there you had to get 
you know, birth certificate is, notarized and <laughs> send them a blood sample yes. in order to get your yeah. Xbox <laughs> your live account. Sample, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they, mm-hmm. they need some of back above your semen just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, That's weird. Yeah. I had to send a stool sample. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. That's normal. Right? Yeah, that's I think normal. you canceled yeah. a little bit after I did. So they probably <laughs> their policies really yeah. went downhill. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to throw it to Shay here in a second, but I wanted to say that um, on that note, Josh, that the, God damn it, you threw me off with the stool sample. <laughs> it was, it was, it was so the stool funny. sample. Um, oh no, it was it was. Just, <laughs> uh, I love stool it was just samples. that like. God damn it! Okay, it'll come back to me. Shay, how do you? It has how a. Do you weigh it in? has a fun fact about stool on, on every cap. <laughs> you can, oh god that's the world no, i want to live in um, go ahead Chad. i honestly i think this is kind of a service a lot of gamers have been wanting because it's difficult to want to spend 60 dollars on a brand new game that right now we're i feel like we're in this era where we either get too much information or we don't get enough information about the game and if we have kind of a medium that allows us to browse through new games and test them out. I think that's in a way really good because like I think about when Morgan and I tried out kingdom come, that game was a fucking dumpster fire for us because we just did not like it. Not that it's a bad game. Anyone who likes it, I understand why you like it, but for Morgan and me, we just didn't enjoy it. (laughs) And we spent, it's a dumpster fire not that it's a bad game it's just a dumpster fire some people really yeah. enjoy we, we the just... warmth given off by that dumpster fire it's yes <laughs> the whole was if you're a cold right. person i absolutely see why you'd huddle around that dumpster fire uh-huh. and breathe deeply it's yeah that's the right smell too. you you can huff the smell of dirty diapers mm-hmm. but um jesus <laughs> the dumpster by the the dumpster by the daycare. <laughs> the dumpster by the daycare is the oh, stinkiest no. dumpster fire. That's right. No, I <laughs> the worst the dumpster. And like that that would have been a perfect example of us getting to play a game, testing it out, and us being like, oh, you know, this didn't work for us. In theory, it's really good for us as a podcast because we want to play as many games as we can so we can talk about mm-hmm. it for you guys and with you guys, but right. at the same time it's mm-hmm. It's an expensive thing because we we aren't we aren't um we aren't sponsored by anyone and we don't have our Patreon up at this time. So it's difficult for us. Mm. But on the on the other stretch yeah. um or I guess on the other side of the coin, which is what worries me a little bit, and I could see that it worried some of the other um some of our listeners like um <clears throat> excuse me, uh like Hakuna Matata for example, that it's going to put game retailers out of business and it's going to mm-hmm. also um it's going to get rid of that need for physical copies which is it is concerning i think that yeah. that is a possibility um like yeah. Kuno Matata said he said he f- he feels conflicted about it on one hand he thinks it's great not everyone has 60 dollars to go out and buy every game so this in- the Xbox Game Pass in theory is great which is exactly how i feel he said he thinks it's a risky move for Microsoft that seems to be paying off. On the other hand, as a lifelong gamer, it's a bit weird. Um, having the lack of ownership yeah. over a game feels weird when we played... When he says, when we played Sea of Thieves together, we were both using Game Pass. We don't own the game, not even close. 
So to have that much fun as we did with a game we do not even own feels a bit strange. And he wonders what the impact it'll have on the developers and publishers. And that's a really good question because are they going to have yeah. to it's... cut more corners? That's a, that's a really good question he posed there. Yeah. And that's fair. It's no stranger than renting a game though, to be fair. But um, yeah, I mean, it depends on your view of ownership. Like this is a controversial comment, Shay, by the way, good segue, set that up yourself. That actually leads right us into another comment as well on what you were talking about. Um, sort of a more controversial one that I th- I thought was fascinating. Where Captain uh, THWK says, absolutely not. If we accept games as a service, we ruin the very idea of game ownership. In my opinion, there's nothing more gratifying than stepping up your gaming setup and seeing an impressive collection of games on your shelf drawer, etc. Now that is, that's interesting to me because I've fallen away from that world. I still keep a collection of my very favorites. Like I have a copy of Donkey Kong sitting in here and uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and like, I, I keep a couple of my classics, but, and they kind of help decorate my little podcast room, but in general, I've kind of moved away from the idea of needing a physical copy of a game. Like, as I've gotten older, it's just more junk. I usually trade them back in. If I buy a physical copy, I trade it in for credit, or, or what have you, and I don't feel that way, but I know a lot of people do. Like, as someone who lives on Instagram with our community, mm-hmm. I constantly see people just, like, posting their pictures of their $70 and $80 collector condition, editions of things. I'm like, wow, I mean, that's cool that some people really enjoy spending their money on physical stuff, but for me, it's just more stuff. And that's, that's just yeah. person to person. Just yeah, I don't know. Probably. Like, personally, I would rather download copies just for the ease of use type thing, and then... Go out and buy buy their T-shirt or something, um, just because that's kind of support them another way. More my more my style instead of getting like some of the mm-hmm. collector stuff. But a lot of that's like you said, just space reasons. It's more it's more stuff. Um, however, yeah. however, yeah. I I do definitely feel you on just the idea of owning some of these games because I mean, what what happens to these games whenever they decide, oh, we're we're not doing this service anymore? Um, it's not like you can just go play it it's some of these things just may cease to exist um in any meaningful fashion um which is a little strange because that's not something we're used (laughs) to with games like they just yeah well but people have been saying that for years that the digital copy was going to burn out the physical copy and that hasn't happened at all so Mm. it's not it's no that's that's not accurate um when i when i worked at uh retail before I came to Japan, it definitely is an issue that they are all thinking about right now. They're very concerned. It's definitely cut into physical copy sales. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that every retailer is thinking about. You just, uh, what was it, just last week or the week before, uh, Best Buy announced that they're closing down 200 plus of their stores. Um, mm-hmm. And what is it, the Toys R Us, that, which was selling a lot of games, that that's going out of business, or that's what is it, filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So, yeah. I mean, these issues are there for sure, and it is a certain, certainly a concern um, going forward as companies are trying to figure out how to retool and best um, combat basically the, the digital era because the digital era is happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I, we didn't really talk about, I don't mean to get off topic, um, I wanted to mention was It'd be really cool if they figure out how to like make this Xbox stream uh, service to where if you you know you spend ten dollars and you just play a game for a full month or something like that and you end up wanting to purchase it, 
if they could give you like a percentage off. So even though you spent oh, like how much you spent toward it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, say you spend the whole um, month playing this one game, and that's ten dollars. Maybe you get five dollars off. That way, the developer is still Mm -hmm. getting a lot of money. Um, You're still paying for the service itself, and they get that money. Yeah, I like that idea. I do, especially on a digital one where once you get, you know, actually get a sale, that's a lot more of that is going right to the developer. Um, I mean, even that's that's something Gamefly does. Um, yeah, like every couple months, I try to remember, like every three months or so, they give you like rewards, dollars or something. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like five bucks that you can use towards keeping any of the games you rented that you decided you liked. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, you start getting discounts on something if you really want to keep it, which. I mean, unfortunately, for the developers, it, none of that's going to them. However, Gamefly initially bought all those copies, so they got the money up front. Um, you're just, you're kind of you're supporting Gamefly more than the others just by buying the copies off of. I mean, because for that business model to work, they have to buy a lot of copies of new stuff and then sell them yeah. as they yes. become less popular. Um, so that's that's kind of what they're doing. They're you know, giving you that discount so mm-hmm. you can get their excess stock off their hands. Um. Well, and you know what I discovered? This this magical little thing just hit me when you guys were talking about this. I had not thought about until I realized that as amazing as this system is, I did it. And you know what it is? I got their Game Pass, and I gladly paid $10 a month for it. But you know what else they hooked me into? Hmm. Xbox Live. They hooked me into an Xbox Live membership. Mm-hmm. That's that makes the hook. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I I, I like, just damn. recently got PS Plus again. I've not used that for probably three years, but then we wanted to play a way out together. And they sucked you back in. Yeah, and they yeah. sucked me back into it, which was I was really fun. frustrated by. However, currently, it's a good time to get it if you're going to, because the Ratchet and Clank reboot is on there for free, as well as Bloodborne. So, yeah, yeah. like, if you're... I, I still am not a huge fan of having to pay for online services that are free everywhere else. But since they have add you know, give you those free games like that. It's never a better time if you are curious in that. So Yeah. I agree. I mean that's that's the most interesting thing apart it. I mean it's uh, part about it, like I always love the P- the PlayStation um plus because you get those free games and the service is fine, but it did add up. I would forget I'd have it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. use a lot of their, their... Yeah, the free monthly games are hit and miss, but that's still not completely committing to the idea. They're only giving you two games yeah. a month. Well, yeah, that's... Xbox is willing to give you all of these different games. Well, that's, and But that's, that's not for Xbox Live. That's for the, the other Xbox service, so... Um, well, yeah, Game Pass. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So Game Pass is willing to give you all those games, but... The in the PS Now is different. It's not technically mm-hmm. yeah. It'd be like if they gave you free games with Xbox Live. That would be yeah. like what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sweetens the deal. So it's very different and an interesting way for them to compete. And I will uh, fly through some other really cool comments here. Um, uh, hold on, just to correct you, uh, Games with Gold actually does exist, and Xbox does give you free games monthly if you have do, an Xbox do, uh, Live subscription. Okay, yes. so they do give you with you. Okay. I wonder what those yes. are. Oh, I bet I have seen those on there. I just forgot. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this month it was like super hot or something like that. I, I think I remember mm-hmm. seeing that on there. 
So they're doing it too. So right now, Xbox actually has far and away the better idea because you download the game, there's no streaming, and it's it's more affordable. The problem is they don't have a great library right now. <laughs> I was I was looking through all those free games and I was like, and there's some 360 games on there that are kind of, that are good, but I was like, man, like this <laughs> Halo yeah. 5's on there. Ugh, could not care less. Do I want to play you know, Halo Wars 2, Tomb Raider? It's not even the better of the two Tomb Raiders. It's the, uh, well, we don't need to get in that debate right now. Mm-hmm. But the point is, their library is still not great. So they have to give you this amazing service to try and make up for that. Um, but it's, it's so nice. It, it really is. Um, yeah. And if they live on that promise, if they give you everything new, like... Um, Gears of War 4 is on there. Halo 5 is on there. If uh, Forza Horizon is weirdly enough not on there, which I thought was strange. But if all their new first-party games, Cracked and all that stuff, come out on there, that is incredible. And Sea of Thieves is the game. Did you guys see that Sea of Thieves? I sent you the link. It's the um, biggest-selling first-party Xbox One title. Fastest-selling, sorry. Fastest-selling Xbox One um, first-party mm. title. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. I... um. <laughs> I was going to say one one thing that I know some people are really concerned is developers just not making a lot of money off this. But the thing is, we we thought that about the whole Netflix model for years, and mm-hmm. Netflix is doing incredible right now. So I think it would take like a few years for them to kind of reap the benefits. But as they get it going, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that developers will benefit from that. It will just take time. Like yeah, well. Did yes yes and part of the reason that it's it's hard to say how much developers are getting from this is because they really can't disclose that because if any competitors came up and wanted to also license that stuff you don't want to tell them exactly what you're paying somebody for an exclusive deal so they come up and you know offer the absolute minimum amount more in order to get that you know, snipe that deal from you. So a lot of these agreements are going to kind of be hush-hush, so it's going to be hard for us to tell what we're giving you, the developer. But I I have to imagine that they're not signing up for this and just throwing money away. Like, there, there's, there, there's got to be enough incentive no, no. for them to want to be a, mm-hmm. a part of this. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I think... Um... I think these developers are, I think this service would survive and the developers could survive in a way um, where maybe, because a, a lot of these games that come out nowadays, uh, usually they sell pretty much all their copies within, you know, the first month or two. And I think after that window is gone, I think their sales probably peter off unless it has like some weird like cult gathering and grassroots type of thing where it does which is rare but um i think with um the game pass model i think eventually after two months a a new game has come out um, they should then move it onto the game pass Mm -hmm. to kind of help bolster subscriptions on that and i think that would be a smart way to kind of keep the developers um able to make money directly off of um off their product with customers directly um and then yeah. eventually you know sell off the rights to Xbox to Yeah, yeah, take I mean that makes subscription. That makes sense, especially especially just, you know, wait a couple months and it's on the Game Pass or on, you know, a similar subscription service because I mean you think about you know the 
decades ago at this point, but it used to be a thing eight months after a game came out, the Game of the Year edition would release, and it would be like a third of the price. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's how I got a ton of games as a kid. Um, just because, you know, if you weren't playing the new hotness, at least you'd get a discount for it. And the developers were still, still getting money off of that. Uh, it was, you know, you're still, you weren't pirating games or anything like that. You were still giving the people who were making the games you loved. Um, and I feel like this is, I think this is a great replacement for something like that. Um, you know, still, still encourage people to go out and buy these games if they really want them, but just allow more people to be able to try them. Yep, I agree. Uh, Johnny on the spot says, let me put it this way. I used my two week free trial for Sea of Thieves and although I was disappointed, it's pretty awesome. All the old games I like to go back to like Fable 2 are on there. Mm-hmm. makes more sense from a financial standpoint as well. That's one thing. Like, I don't know why you'd the... ever go back to that fucking turn of a game. <laughs> Fable 1 all the way. Yeah. Fable uh, 2 all the way. But, you know, it, it, it has sentimental value for them, you know, you know, you know, to each their own. But I agree with you. I was not a fan of Fable 2. Um, Fable 1, though, was gritted. At the time, some good shit. Yeah. It was. At the time, now it's obviously... At the time, it, it, yes. Yeah, it is what it is now, but... Very not every game can hold up over time, like Donkey Kong Country. Akuma four twenty nine says Xbox Game Pass is great. It gives an instant library to new Xbox owners. I am looking forward to um, newer games being added. I would have never bought Sea of Thieves due to it being multiplayer focused, um, but because it's free, I will jump in and see what it's all about. Uh, so that's another thing I agree with as well. Um, Silver Booster Studio says I've talked about this in a video, but with Xbox being in a position with nothing to lose, it'll be interesting to see how much traction this service gets, and if they are successful because it does well, it'll be one step closer to ending physical media, <gasps> which we already talked about, which is a scary thought. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think the, here's what would happen. I think physical, me, physical media would just become more of a collector sort of thing. It would pr- they would probably just produce less. They would probably just eventually produce 20, 75% less copies um, out into the world, and if those sell, you make more. I mean, that's that's what most small companies do. Like the people that made Farpoint, I went to buy that on VR, could not find a physical copy because they mm-hmm. didn't think it was going to sell as good as it did. So they just make as much as the demand is, and then make more. And and it we could see it turn into something like that. Um, right, right, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you look at CD sales now; they're incredibly, incredibly low, and for good reason because digital has pretty much taken over at this point. Um, but at, at the same stroke, CDs are still made and they're making LPs now, uh, mm-hmm. records still. And mm-hmm. that, those are for yeah. the hardcore fans. So they just make a limited number for people and just go based off that. So like those, those copies are still there and able to make some money if they make money at all, realistically, because I don't think they make much money off of physical sales anymore. Um, it's just for those hardcore fans, you know, and then, mm-hmm. Digital yeah. is still available for the general populace. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, just I think like, that's more about just maintaining your fan base. Like, just give yeah. them what they want. And since exactly. most yes. people don't want yeah, exactly. that, there's no reason to print a ton of copies. Like, I mean, that's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. It's, it's just demand. Well, that's the weird thing, right? The interesting thing about this, if CFDs is the first big real example that has everyone talking about this Game Pass thing, right? And it seems to be a huge success. Still, the fastest selling 
Xbox One title ever, which means it's still selling a lot of $60 copies, which is interesting to me because as, as incredible as this is, the price point is still a little confusing, right? If Josh wants to play with me on PC, he has to spend $60. There's no option. If, yeah. if someone wants to buy a physical copy, it's still $60. So here's the thing that's fascinating to me. The gulf between free and $60 is huge. Yeah. And it's just some weird arbitrary thing. Well, if you sign up for this, it's free. If you don't, go pay 60 bucks. And, and it's still selling. So the whole thing is just weird, right? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with yeah. this game. I mean, that's something I guess we can start getting to, into here a little bit. But mm-hmm. the way the gameplay in Sea of Thieves works, it seems like it's a free-to-play game. Like, it really does. Like, the, the yeah. grind in there yeah. is a super long-term grind. Everything you unlock is cosmetic. Like, mm-hmm, I, I yep. do not see why they couldn't add some sort of, you get gold in game, you could also pay for stuff with silver that you buy with no, no, real no. money. That's gross. Something like that. I'm glad there's none of that. I'm glad. But, You're right, but, that could be in there. But. but, I mean, the way the game is made, it seems like that's what they were going for, and then somehow didn't stuck a full retail price on it. Like, so many of the design decisions seem like they were made for that. Yes. And then yes, it's yeah. not one of those games. Um, I think that's what's cool about it, though. Rare yeah. kept it, because Rare is used to making classic games for Nintendo, it feels a lot like a Nintendo game. It does, even though it has that free-to-play vibe, it doesn't quite reek like a free-to-play game to me in the bad ways. You don't see, there's nothing you can buy with real money. It feels polished. Like, even Fortnite. Fortnite's a really mm. cool thing. It's a fucking phenomenon right now. But even Fortnite still feels a little bit corporate. You know what I mean? A little slimy. Sea of Thieves doesn't feel that way, even though it's built on the same structure. And that's, I, I agree with you, Josh. It's weird. It's very strange. But I think that's just a rare thing, right? Rare is used to making like classic Nintendo games. So um, it's a weird mixture of the two, like a classic Nintendo game we grew up with and a modern free-to-play business model without the free-to-play stuff <laughs> it's weird. yeah like I, it's, I, I'm it's yes it's it looks like it's built for for streaming for building a ridiculously long-lasting fan base sort of a thing but those are generally aspects of a free-to-play game at this point like you don't see a lot of or if not free-to-play games games with free-to-play aspects stuff like overwatch yes, that yes. you can play for forever you can also buy loot boxes um mm-hmm. since there's not something like that it seems like it's it's odd. It's just odd. Like I I don't quite get why I, I, some of the decisions were made in conjunction with each other. Like all the decisions make I, sense, but uh, like how they all make sense together is sometimes odd. Together. Yeah. I Josh, what I think happened was I think they panicked. I think they believed in the game, but they panicked about how it would be received content-wise, which is something we'll talk about later, and they said, "Holy shit, People might freak out if they spend $60 for this thing. Like, it's worth it. The craft is there. I mean, just the fucking water alone is probably worth the 10,000 years in production. But in reality, people are going to panic because we live in an age where people want to play a game forever. Fish plays Monster Hunter for 10,000 hours. People play Destiny for four months. You know, it's that's just the world we live in, Fortnite. And it's free. Fortnite's fucking free. So I think that they panicked. My guess is that somebody panicked and said, holy shit, we should also put this for free on Game Pass because... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy if we don't, just in case. And both have been sort of panning out for them. It's doing well in the Game Pass, I mean, hmm. and it's also doing well in the... That's just a theory I have. I have nothing to back it up. That could have been something to do with, because the game has got drop-in, drop-out multiplayer, they could have been worried about people playing the game and never encountering anyone. They just kind of mm. 
Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they're having No Man's Sky flashbacks. Like, oh, there's this multiplayer game. And you never see anyone. Um, Well, you weren't, yeah. So That was never in No Man's Sky, but Exactly. Like, that could have been... And that, people still that had thought that could have now. gone through their head. Yeah. Through their heads. I can, it's I possible can see to play that, Sea of so. Thieves and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it's scary. It's a, it's a really cool thing we're gonna talk about in a bit here. But that is scary when you have that, and it's. I think that's more unfortunately a sign of the times as gamers go than the quality of the product. You can believe in what you have and still go, fuck. I just don't know if people are gonna receive this right. I don't. I don't. I don't trust the public, and that's. Kind of a scary, I think, tell on us. Um, a couple of quick final comments, and we can move on. Um, Shram, Shram underscore Ryan said, I did the PS Now trial, and I tried one game, Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Don't judge me! <laughs> and it was a laggy piece of shit. I have a very nice, smooth internet, and that game is a thousand years old. No thanks. That's true. The PS Now streaming does have issues, as we talked about. The way to go, I want to emphasize, is the way Xbox Game Pass does it. You do not stream. I don't think people yeah. know that. There's no streaming. It's just a library you download whenever you want. Yeah, which, yes, I, I definitely agree with that because PS Now and then I'm completely blanking on their name, but there was another company that tried that before, the whole idea of just, mm-hmm. just streaming the games from somewhere else. The United States does not have the internet infrastructure to accomplish that. Our internet is garbage. <laughs> it just can't be done. It, yeah. it can't be done. Even if you're in a place with good internet, the rest of the architecture is not, not good enough to handle it. Other, elsewhere in the world, you know, places that aren't second world countries, um, I could see it working. But yeah, just downloading the game, playing it from your own machine is, it's the way things need to happen for it to really take off. The, the pure streaming model, I just, I just, I just, I, I don't think the numbers are there because of our horrible, horrible internet in the United States. So, Yeah. And if our inner, if our infrastructure does actually build up, then yeah, I could see that as a better way to go instead of waiting on you know forty to a hundred gigabyte download. Um, even then, though, if we do have that better infrastructure, I think a lot of a lot of gamers would opt for just downloading the game. Yeah, the so, download would go yeah. faster if the infrastructure got that good, right? Exactly. So yeah, streaming would just wouldn't make as much sense other than actual hard drive space if you had an issue with that i can't believe xbox is ahead of the curve on this i hate to say it because i hate xbox i'm borrowing this because shay was kind enough to let me borrow his xbox while he's in japan so thank you shay a gentleman and a scholar um and i feel bad because i'm playing like his dream game and he's not and i somehow feel guilty for this this is totally a shay (laughs) game through and through it just bums me out um in so many ways but the uh i actually have good memories of my xbox now because of this game pass and i think they're on the cutting edge of something that they basically beat sony at and they've beat them at it very well um and that's 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 good i think that's a really cool thing for them to do so I want to see if, like, will the last night be on here? That game we're looking forward to, like, uh, stuff like that. Like, this, this could be really, really cool. Um, so, I props to Xbox for for winning me over, at least right now. And I am a, a I've always been just disgusted by everything. Uh, one quick thing here: headquarters said he thinks it's great in practice, but he thinks Sea of Thieves is losing money. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, it's the fastest selling IP. So, interesting thing to think about. Um, B Kim said to echo the sentiment games as a service is great. If the developer and publisher follow through Ubisoft has done it recently as well as blizzard. And I won't include MMOs because they are different kind of games of service. Otherwise the consumer is arguably promoting to developers to ship early access. That's an interesting counterpoint 
They're saying that with you agree to a games as a service, you're encouraging developers to ship games as a lesser product because it's going to be free and they can update it over time. Now, that is a skeptical but believable counter argument, I think. Now, I don't think Sea of Thieves is that. I think it's a very polished at what it does. I don't feel like they skimped or cut corners, but um, you could say cynically that if someone knew they were going to be on a free um, subscription service, they might say, okay, well, let's just do 75% of what we were going to do. Let's do it well, and then we'll just update it over time. Eh, I mean, yes, but I don't feel like that's subscription reliant. I mean, there are plenty of games on Steam Early Access that you can play. Um, you just go ahead and buy them, pay them full price, and, uh, you know, be the QA team for the developers. Why not? Um, I, I don't feel like this is yeah. just related to a game service. I, I kind of feel that's like, true. That's I true. feel like that's, that's the way games have gone in general in the last decade. Uh, I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, even you buy a physical copy and you put the game in and there's immediately, you know, a 20 to 50 gig day one patch on everything. It's yes. just, it's yeah. just the way. I feel like games in general are going that direction. So I don't know if the subscription model would really encourage that more than it's already been encouraged. But I mean, it's, it's possible. So yeah. Interesting countering. Uh, Frimbot says I downloaded the trial and I think I'm going to stick with it. I intend on paying, uh, playing for a crackdown on the service. If you add up the $60 for both games, you're paying for the same for a year of game pass. Um, and never tell gaming said everything in my life is a subscription so it just makes sense and that's the that's truth right mm -hmm. half the shit we have is subscriptions anyway why not it makes an sign me up for something else I actually had this true story i had to go to, um <laughs> i had to cancel so much stuff my my finances were awful and when i sat down and looked at it i had like seven or eight things that i had signed up for monthly fees at and i just forgot about them and they were just sucking them out showtime hbo playstation plus like just everywhere netflix and they sound like small fees, but like when you add them all up at the end of the month, it was like mm -hmm. 70 or 80 bucks and it was insane. So I learned my lesson and I really cut back on that. So yes, subscriptions have become our way of life, but be careful. The reasons why they've become our way is because it's very easy to forget about them and they can suck a lot of money out of you. Um, the more, you know, the <laughs> Uh, anyways, or if you're wealthy and just sign up to everything and have a great life. So, uh, moving on, uh, casually, I want to briefly talk about some CFDs with you, Josh. Um, argh, be the topic of the show. Um, uh, and we did, I think a pretty good job of setting it up there. Um, and this is an interesting thing because rare hasn't made a game in forever. Obviously. Um, of course I know they did like the perfect dark game on the 360 they're famous for the donkey kong country games i've been playing a lot of over the past couple weeks and but they pretty much dropped out and they haven't made a game in a long 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 time i should have done my research i don't know how long it's been but it's been a long fucking time people know that so this is their big brave multiplayer pirate adventure role-playing game and it has kind of taken the world by storm even though it's been pretty i'd say controversial in many ways um Poor Josh. This is a good story. Josh, I, I wanted Josh to play this game. Uh, Fish, I tried to get Fish into it, and he was like, no, I'm not really, I'm not feeling it. Uh, Shay couldn't get it because he's in Japan. So I was like, Josh said he was interested, but he had only the PC. So I was like, Josh, look, I'll, how about I half it with you? So if you spend $60 on it and you don't like it, I'm going to feel bad. But I really want to fucking play it with you because I'm having so much fun. I want to play it with some of my best friends. Um, and 
I bought half of it for you, and you went to hell trying to get this thing set up on your. I want you just you should can you just really briefly tell people the hell <sighs> that you went through trying to get this shit. Yes, yes. It's um, whatever goodwill this game receives from being on Game Pass, they are getting the exact opposite by being forced to use games for Windows on the PC side of it. Um, because that service, the Windows, the Microsoft Store, is the worst application ever written. It is absolute trash that has right. issues installing almost every game on there. Almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And wow. I would get to the end of a 20 gig download, have an error once it tried to install, and uh, an error that, by the way, has existed for years and they've never managed to fix because I was looking through service forums of people complaining about this exact same issue from Gears of War games and everything else um an an error that because of the way this horrible thing is coded if you want to retry that installation you have to re-download the whole file so mm-hmm. you'd you know spend an hour downloading make a couple tweaks to some settings here and there try it again and sit for an hour and find out if it worked on That's, good internet and, and, so uh... And you eventually, to fix it, you had to wipe your entire com- com- full reboot mm-hmm. and uh, reinstall everything. And, and and even after that reinstall, still had to change some settings, but they were settings that just weren't getting updated properly on an, you know, an old install. So That is crazy. Yeah. And that, that sucks. You're right. All the goodwill, like that Xbox store playing games that are only exclusive on the Microsoft store is, is a fucking disaster. And that is fucking yeah. tragic because we had it's, complete... Yeah. It's it's the worst. Ugh. It's the worst. I would rather Ugh. use the EA clients, whatever the fuck Orange Origin, I think, or or the Ubisoft one. Either of those, I'd rather yeah. use either of those horrible clients than the Windows Store. That the, the it oh oh my goodness, it's it is the worst. Um, I was yeah yeah I was worried. Well, th- thankfully, um, we were able to kind of get it going today, and we got a, t- a tiny session in. I-, I will say, the things I've been thinking a lot about this game over the past week or so, since I started playing it as well, uh, I think th- the reason it really, really has been working for me, I had, yes, I had some good, I had some good luck, which I'll tell you guys about, but I feel like for a game like this that thrives off of being sort of a simulation, like puts you in the role of the pirate, work as your friends, you have to look at the map together, and you can drink your alcohol while you sail, and you literally will sail from place to place and put up the mass and all this stuff. Like, for these kinds of games to work for me, they have to really nail the little details. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they do. They do. I Like, all the little stuff, like the way the water moves and looks, the way, like, um, little details, like, if you're in a storm, your compass will go crazy. Uh, you're... The, the way it feels when you're rolling up the sails, the wind, like all the tiny details uh, are great. They feel like a rare game, like a, like a classic Nintendo rare game that's very polished. And that's, for me, I think that's why it's working because yes, the cynical person, it might be a little boring to them to sail from place to place looking for treasure. If that, if they're used to an action, like a, a very intense sort of shooter. <laughs> but for me, who really gets into that nerdy fantasy of role-playing, um, all the little charming details like help sell that experience for me. Um, 
Yeah, well, it's it's a game that is completely willing to just leave you to you know just, just have have downtime, like getting from island yes. to island is a chore. You're you're doing all the all the actual sailing, all the handling, all the controls you would on like an actual ship, which is great. But it's a lot of it's a lot of time that if it didn't feel good to actually do it would not be good. It's it's a lot of time mm-hmm. whenever you're not having that adventure that just yeah, just yeah. works. Um, it works in this game. Um, it makes it more gratifying, I think, too. Whenever you spend, even if you're mm-hmm. just going to grab a little treasure, going through everything you had to do to bring it back makes it feel earned which is why i don't think they could ever put like the real money shit in there because if someone could just buy the way around mm-hmm. spending an hour sailing i think they would ruin it i mean you have to earn it you know yeah well i think they'd have to be this is something that blizzard does pretty well is they have stuff that is obviously paid only type cosmetics like you spend money for stuff that looks really flashy but also looks kind of ridiculous like it doesn't it it so obviously stands out that you know it's like oh this guy paid for something because he thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I kind of distracted myself there with the 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 money money side of it. But yeah, I don't know. I still feel like it has a couple usability issues that they do need to fix. Like, like there is no way to drop a quest after you pick it up except to vote to go on it. And then all vote to cancel it. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's a dumb user interface thing that, like it's it's why why that's such a s- simple thing. Like if you picked up a quest and then decide you don't want to go on it, just allow me to drop the damn quest. Like uh, w- yeah, well, why I is think that it's not a button? It randomly generates. Like, every, all the pieces of treasure maps you have are... De- like, for example, I remember I turned the game off once with three treasure maps that I found, mm-hmm. and when you turn it back on, it's all, it's all gone. It's like a new wipe. I don't know if it's yeah. like a daily wipe or a, a log-on wipe, but everything's gone, so um, I think it's because it randomly generates every time you turn it on, you get, like, a fresh reset, fresh boat, all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's probably why, but yeah, it's... Well, it's strange. It's, it's strange, because you have multiple factions you can do quests for, and they all have three quests but you can only hold three quests. So that means you have to go see all of the people offering quests, uh-huh. decide on which one you want to get from all three, and then go back and pick them up. Because otherwise, if yeah. you go to the first one, pick up all the quests, and then decide you want to do one of the other two factions' quests later, there's not an easy yes. way to just drop it and pick up with a new one. It's... Uh-huh, yeah. And it's... So it, that wastes time for no reason. Um, it kind of reminds me of like it's different, but it reminds me of like when Destiny first started. You used to have to turn in every quest individually. Remember mm-hmm. that, and then they fixed it. Um, yeah. So it's not the same thing, but it's sort of like a an ease of use thing that I think that will probably be one of the first things that they yeah. Fixed, well, I'm assuming. Yeah, especially since it's like it makes it doesn't even make thematic sense. Like, why could you just decide not to do a thing and then remove it from your inventory? Like, obviously, you're not going to do that thing. Like, it's yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I didn't even thought about that until I played with you because I had just been using all the quests I picked up. I had never even tried to get rid of one until until I played with you and I was trying to get rid of one of my good ones to do a smaller one or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of funny. I hadn't even encountered that just because... Um, but yeah, no, and it's it's a game of stories and I hope this weekend, Josh, if we get a chance to get on the Galleon with four people that we have some cool stories um, because 
it's a game of just little moments and cool stories. Like I was telling you, the first time I got on, I got pretty lucky. I played with one of our listeners and friends, Akuna Matata, um, good friend Ryan, and I also also played with Rich, our good friend from Destructoid, who gets on the show from time to time. And Rich's story was funny because he actually hated the game, and I convinced him to play it again because um, he said it was just a grief simulator, basically, and he had played mm-hmm. it for an hour and he died and he hated it. And I was like, dude, just give it another shot with people. Don't play it alone. And sure enough, he played with us. I took some videos. I'll try to get up on the site next week or the Instagram next week. And he said it clicked. It finally clicked. He, I don't want to ruin some of the things he did because it might happen to you guys down the road. And they're like, aha moments that I don't want to spoil. But playing it with us and working as a team and he figured out these um, riddles. So some of the treasure maps will have riddles. And as you land on the island, um, when you land on the island, more of the riddle appears on the map. So it's like a growing, mm. changing treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we were having him figure them out on his own and working together. And it was really, really amazing. So he said it clicked for him with people, but he hated it by himself. And also the first time I played it with my, with our friend Ryan, I had the, he was super into it and he's a great, great pirate to play with. But like I had a, the perfect experience, like the first treasure f- chest I found, I dug for it and found it on the first try on a beautiful summer day. I think you did that too, Josh, today you found the. You dug it up on your first try, too. Every time I went for a chest, I got on the first try this time, today. No, you're just getting, getting mm-hmm. cocky. Like, mm-hmm. Every time I stepped on, every time I shoved my, sho- shoved my shovel, every time I shoved my shovel in the dirt, I was pulling up a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool, Fish. There's like a, uh, there's this chest we dug up today. I need today. to name my it's shovel, a... just, just so it, uh, <laughs> yeah. You can buy some fancy, I think you can get fancier shovels, too, besides the. That we picked up this rare chest today that was worth a lot of money, but it was like a a crying chest. And like when you keep it on your boat, it makes sailing back to the harbor difficult because it floods your boat. So you have to constantly like throw water out of your boat. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's funny. And you can hear it crying. So you you can't you can't actually open up and get your rewards right then and there. You have to take it to an NPC or something. You have to take it to an outpost. Yeah. That's why they call it Sea of Thieves. All the all the thieving comes from the fact that people are trying to take what you found. Mm. Okay. So, like, if we had a, at the end of our session today, we had four treasure chests, three regular ones, and that rare one we found. And if someone would have encountered us on the sea at that point, they could have killed us and taken like two thousand gold or something like that, which would have sucked. That would have been like our whole two hour session down the drain. So the risk reward in this game comes from: Do you want to get one chest and go back safely? and have a very time-consuming session? Or do you want to be efficient and get like four or five chests and try to make it all back safely without getting attacked? So that's the risk-reward dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. How long does it... How long are you usually out on the sea just sailing about? Is it it like 10, 15 minutes or shorter than that? It depends. I'm trying to get like a... Depends on the difficulty. Like the first couple... like. The first quest we did was one of the, like, super low-level ones, like, that, that I picked up right as you start the game, and it probably takes, I don't know, five minutes to sail there, a couple minutes to find it, five minutes to sail back. Um, yeah, easy. Really okay. easy. You're, you're not in a ton of danger because you're pretty close to that harbor where you're yes. coming back with it the whole time. Um. However, the one we did after that that Morgan had was all four of those chests from one quest on two different islands, and we had to deal with that, um, you know, enchanted chest on the way back that was constantly flooding our boat. Yes, yeah. 
the weeping chest. And it's it's the little moments are fun just because like like just navigating the boat in this tiny little yeah. like between the rocks oh. and weird stuff like that. Yeah. Sorry, I, I never set a time after all that, but yeah, that that one probably took us half hour ish. So compared to, to like, all those, no, to, to yeah, do, yeah, yeah, to do to do that harder quest probably took the quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that three one times quest as had contained in it. One, so they're they're okay. random. It's like a it's like a goodie box you open. So that quest when you opened it up was um, two maps, and one map had three treasure X's on an island, and then another map had one X. So it was four treasures. But sometimes you'll get like two maps and a riddle, and that riddle could take you to an island where you could find more chests. You actually find um, treasure maps on islands randomly generated, too. So it's... And there's a vast, weird variety of chests that I've seen that you can get. Sort of like, you know how in a game you can find legendary loot? Same thing with chests. There's, like, more rare chests that have more money in them. There's raids, where apparently if you do those, you can get tons of money. They're sort of like four-person skeleton raids. Um, I haven't done any of the merchant quests where you go pick up the... Um, animals and bring them back but i've done the skull ones which is basically you go to a place you shoot some skeletons a boss skeleton appears you kill him you take his skull back and you sell that for gold and those are pretty straightforward too but they're different it kind of switched up a little bit although as you rank up they get harder and harder so i've only been doing the gold hoarder missions and i so i'm curious to see what the other ones how they get harder you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um that sounds fascinating to me um The merchant ones, you have to start bringing back larger and larger animals to your... Yeah, that'd be cool if you could bring back a shark. You're like, oh, I gotta go hunt this shark. There's no way you could do that, but it'd be cool <laughs> if you could. Because <laughs> I haven't seen anything big. I've seen lots of pigs and stuff like that, snakes and stuff. Um, but yeah, the first day I played it, I'll just, I'll just give you this one brief story, because I mean, I could tell you stories all day, but I put a lot of this on the Ad Sword Chomp Instagram. People want to see it. There's two videos I have up. One is an amazing ship fight battle that I put up. But the first day I played it, I was just, it was a beautiful day. Um, I was sailing around. I dug up my treasure on my first try. Gorgeous island. I literally was just using the compass and the map, and I was like, wow, this doesn't feel like anything I've ever played. And then we were sailing, and Ryan was like, look, there's some seagulls doing a circle over the, over the ocean. I couldn't even see it. So I climbed up the mast and sure enough, there were some seagulls going in a circle. And he was like, that means there's a shipwreck under the water. So we pulled up to that area and we looked around and we dove in and sure enough, there was a shipwreck. And we, we dove in there. We found treasure, which is cool because you could find an empty one. And as I was coming out, boom, that was my first shark encounter that I had. And it was funny. I put this one on the Instagram too, because I was swimming out and I, I, I saw the shark come at me and they're, they're actually terrifying in this game because they can kill you in one or two bites. And I was like, oh fuck. So I just started swimming away from it. I could barely breathe. I get to the top of the water. <sighs> I pretty much thought I've escaped. And this is where I fucked up. I turned around just to look because I couldn't help myself. And when I turned around, I saw this big gaping jaw coming at me. Boom, one bite and it killed me. Now, the penalty for death is not that extreme. Um, But if you were holding a treasure chest, I imagine it sinks to the bottom of the ocean and that's a problem. So so you probably lose that chest. Um, I, I don't know, I've never lost a chest in the middle of the ocean. Um, I, I don't know how far down you can swim. Obviously, you have breath. So I'm curious to see what the penalty is if you, let's say, you were holding a rare chest and you died. Like, what's the consequence for that? Because it sounds like there is one. So anyways, and then on the way back, we got into this huge ship fight, which, by the way, Josh, I really want to get in one with you because the way it feels shooting cannons, like aiming them and stuff, like you're, you're repairing your ship in the middle of fighting, you can shoot yourself out of a cannon onto another ship. They shot one of their, like, fat pirates at us, and he flew on our ship, and we were, like, fucking sword fighting with this guy on our... Like, literally, it was terrifying. We saw their ship shooting at us, and then suddenly there was a dude on our ship. I'm like, what the fuck? And we start fighting. Like, just weird stuff can happen in this game. It's, it's, it, it can be very exciting 
Um, but it does sort of depend on emergent um, gameplay happening, which depends on sort of the random nature of other people. And that's a cool thing, but it's also a risky thing. So mm-hmm. it's just something you have to kind of know going into it. I had a very good first experience. And Josh, even though today was pretty tame, I had a lot of, I still had a lot of fun. Like it's, a, it's, yeah. I did personally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of sharks, the first island we yes. get to, I'm getting ready to park this boat so we can go ashore and try to catch some, you know, find, find some loot. And, mm-hmm. and I yelled to Morgan to drop the anchor. And I look back and see he's jumped off the back of the boat because he thought he saw a shipwreck and wanted to try to get himself a chest. I did. I saw floating things in the water. And uh-huh. sometimes those are... And uh, so I dropped the anchor myself, turn around to look at him, and he's getting chased by a shark. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, of course, I let him know this and then uh, proceed to try to shoot the shark from the ship to, to stop it from <laughs> killing him. So I just firing wildly at this shark because Morgan decided to jump off the back of the boat instead of dropping the anchor. That's awesome. <laughs> it was, it was perfect. It was, yes, that was, it was funny. It was funny. And, and you know, that, that those, those moments are magnified. There was, oh God, there was something else funny that happened today too. I'm trying to remember what it was, but um, like I was paired when we found the one chest. I was paranoid about taking it on because the, the rare chest, I was like, Josh, I don't want to put it on the boat because when we go get the other chest, yeah. it's going to sink our boat. So Josh was like, oh, I'll just leave it on this island. I'm like, I don't want to leave it, man. I just, I don't want to leave this rare chest here. What is something, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I knew it would be fine, but like part of me was just like, you don't pick up an exotic and just leave it on the ground. It's like, I don't want to leave this here, but you know, that's the thing about the game. It's, it's a very fair game. You can just hide your treasure wherever. And that's what we did. We just left it on a weird piece of island found the other treasures and then came back and picked it up on the way out so like it's a difficult dis- dig- game to describe and then just that every time you play it what you're doing is the same but your experiences will be different and mm-hmm. i want to run into a kraken before i stop playing it i want to get a lot of cool stuff i want to get into some good ship fights i want to get all the gear i'm looking forward to i still have a lot of stuff i want to do um so yeah, I'm glad you got it, Josh. I hope we're, we got to get it going this weekend. Hopefully, we'll do a four-player. So if you, if you're not familiar with the game, there's if you're a smaller crew, you get on a tiny boat. It's called a swoop. And if you get a four-player crew together or a three-player crew, you can get on a galleon. Now, me and um, a friend yesterday actually did two people on a, a galleon. So you can do it, Josh. We could get on a galleon with just two people, but it's just hmm. a pain in the ass. It's hmm. a pain in the ass. It's to, yeah. to run. It's not fun. Controls my, are probably a whole lot farther apart than on the little ship we were running, which. <sighs> I could basically sail by myself, just not not anything else. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you knocked. I think you, you you mentioned it perfectly at the beginning, Josh. This game just lets you. It just lets you go, and it just it does not a lot. There's no tutorials. It's just here. Here's a boat. Yeah. Not even that. Here's yeah. Here's a boat. Here's the sea. Here's some maps. Figure it out. And yeah. they literally I tell you like, nothing. Like, like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You just you figure out how to how to work the boat by seeing what objects you can interact with and that's that's it so Mm -hmm. which which is really nice that's something that i i really wish more games would trust you enough to do because it yeah the puzzles you'll figure yeah you'll figure out together me and josh got this weird riddle today we had to look up because we were like what does (laughs) this mean 
um, it ended up being not being anything super special, but the, the idea is there's a lot of stuff in this game you'll figure out together. So we'll spend some more time with it. Maybe we can hit up next week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've only got a couple hours with it, but I've been... The thing with me is even though I'm madly addicted to it and obsessed with it, I can only play it when other people want to play it with me. So it keeps my addiction at a good level. If there's nobody mm-hmm. that wants to play the game with me, I don't want to play it by myself. It's not happening. So, um, in which case, go play Far Cry 5, which is great. Uh, moving on, um, I wanted to hit some of these quick polls before some of our other topics. They're fun. And Shay, was, Shay just messaged me and said, are we going to talk about Shining Force? Shay, you missed it last week. That was the Shining Force poll, man. God. But we can talk about you it. You said you were saving it until this week, though. I will. Yes, we can talk about it. I promise. Um, cause the first couple of polls I think will fl- fly through pretty quickly. Um, but people have been really enjoying it. So again, every Tuesday at Swordchomp on Instagram, I'm going to have a bunch of ridiculous polls. So you should vote because it's science and that's all there is to it. All right. Up first in the poll doc, <laughs> up first in the poll, <laughs> the poll docket. Um, I said, critics are being way too harsh on sea of thieves. Uh, and most of the people said no. 63% said no, Morgan. The critics are not being too harsh. You are wrong. Um, so I still disagree with our community um, based off the idea of content, but I want to talk to you guys about that in a second. So I'm just going to tease that one. Uh, the next thing I said is, I like my Xbox, but the Xbox dashboard is still a train wreck. Or as I said at the beginning of the podcast, the poop deck. 75% of people said yes! The Xbox dashboard is trash. And they are right. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very, very right. Yeah, they they had a bad thing going with the way the dashboard looked on the 360, and they've just taken that to its natural conclusion with the current one. Yeah. This natural evolution from yeah. shit to shitty. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh, that yeah, that's hilarious. I like how unanimous that one was too. And that's you know I've come around on my Xbox, but that dashboard still sucks. Still sucks. Um, the very fabric of an Oreo is composed of magic. 77% said yes, Morgan. The Oreo is composed of magic. So congratulations to all those people. That is my favorite snack. Yeah. Magic. World. <laughs> Voodoo magic. It's, it's mostly, mostly dead animals and, you know. No. No. This... <laughs> <laughs> this lots lots of chicken blood in there. Find... Yeah. What's that new wave shit you find in like um, protein shakes where it's supposed to be like crushed animal bones and stuff like that? I forget the name of that, but crushed animal bones. I have no idea what I'm talking about, so I'm just gonna move on from that statement. Um, (laughs) Anyways, yes, I've been obsessed with double stuff Oreos lately. They're great for video games. They don't leave a mess, and they you can wash them down with a cold Dr Pepper. So double stuff Oreos are the way to go, and you should add them in your life today. What the fuck? You can't wash them down with a cold duck. Oh my god. You, you wash drink them down milk, with a cold asshole. No, they are delicious with milk. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> but I save my milk. What the milk fuck do I do cereal. this podcast with? It's, it's money, Shay. I save my milk for the cereal. I wash them down with the Dr. Pepper. Um, fish, I got this one in there. Dr. Just for Pepper you. is just I- so affordable. Well, I get it at Sam's Club, so I get it in bulk. Um, <laughs> I really do. Um, I'm kind of done with Monster Hunter World already. 50% said yes, and 50% said no. The first tie ever in the history wow. Wow. of our poem. That's not so surprising, I guess. I mean, more casual players, less addictive players will probably 
have beaten the game and feel like they've got their fill of it and are done with it. Um, you're done with it, right? You told to... me you're done with it. Or mm, you're no. pretty much done. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, I don't know. I, I just keep going. I just like you could log on every day and you know just do one or two hunts and be good. I mean that that's what an hour, an hour a day. Mm. What do you what do you gain from doing the hunts now? Don't you have everything? Um, no. Well, actually, there there's tempered um hunts, and there's like three different levels. But um, in the tempered hunts, you get uh, I've yet to get one of these, but there's uh little gemstones um that are specific to each weapon that uh, you use to augment the your a weapon of your uh your class and that further ups your damage or you can add a slot to it. it it's just a lot of customization that you can add um and those are very rare drops um and um yeah i've yet to get one for the three different um weapons that i've been using in game uh, so it's just a rare drop like hmm. you just have to do it forever and hope it falls kind of thing uh yeah pretty uh, much um yeah, yeah. And you do them from much difficult, um, harder uh, hunts as well. But yeah, I kind of agree with like that 50, 50 percentage on there. That's what you would have Wait, answered you yourself. With, you you agree with the indecision? Is that what you're saying? You agree with the indecisive 50-50? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm on the fence as well, I guess, right now as far as quitting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's only been two months now. So, yeah, or actually three months, I think. Mm, January yeah. came out at the end of January. So yeah, we're coming up on April here. So yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, did you know that Sea of Thieves is free on Game Pass? Fifty-nine percent of people said yes, but still, the fact that forty-one percent of people did not even know they could play that game for free—that's a problem with the dashboard, and that's a problem with marketing, which is what made me think of the question. In fact, I knew it was on there, and I got to tell you guys, this is a true story. When I went to the Game Pass store, it was physically not listed in any of the search in any of the um, uh, rows. I had to manually search for it after a friend requested it so that's i don't think that's the case now but that's how it was the first couple days shame on you xbox shame on you um it's like (laughs) come on this is the best thing you got going you're gonna hide it anyways those are some excellent polls i did want to say this really briefly and then i want to bring shay in here for the bio break to kind of split split the show up a little um i got a couple really good responses on the instagram and i promised i would read them and i have to be a man of my word here, but they're incredible. So I actually wanted to on Wednesday, I put up a video where I was basically frustrated with everyone saying, Oh, CFDs doesn't have enough content, content, content. And I just said content a bunch of times like an idiot. But my, I talked about on the video, how metaphorically I would rather open up a treasure chest that had one really special rare gem that no one had ever seen instead of opening up a chest with hundreds of doubloons that I've seen a million times before, which basically means I'd rather take something that's going to give me less, but that experience is a more unique experience. I don't need to play something for a hundred hours. That's familiar. I I value unique Mm -hmm. experiences. And I was just frustrated. Um, And that's what CFDs is getting labeled. It's not like a less content, like, like destiny where you feel like they chop shit out. It's just the game they built relies so heavily on other people that the critical gamer sits down and says, oh, there's not 80,000 checkpoints to, to, scra- to check off here on my list. 
like in Far Cry, which I love, by the way. But um, so it feels like it's they're not getting the value. And value with this sort of game is hard to quantify. And that's why it got me thinking. So if you guys want to weigh in on this after I read a couple of these, I'd love to have your opinion if you have something to say, because this is something actually um, I was thinking a lot about, the, you know, just the how frustrated I was. Um, Red Mountain Express says, on launch day, I made a few comments to friends about how beautiful Sea of Thieves was, but how shallow it felt and how I probably wouldn't be putting too much time into it. A few days later, I found myself coming back to the game with friends, and even solo because of how damn beautiful the game is, and the stories that my friends and I have come away with after each play session just add fuel to the fire. Um, so thanks for posting your thoughts on this. I've been converted by the qualities that this game has, and you've put into words pretty well where my thoughts have been heading. So thank you, Red Mountain Express, for mm. agreeing with me there. Um, do you yeah. guys have anything to say on this topic? Yeah, I, I agree with the friends part. I mean, I mentioned this briefly last week, but it almost feels like they shouldn't let you play it by yourself. Almost. Um, yeah. like even Just if don't even give me the option. Yeah, because it's... Even today, we did some fun stuff, but most of the fun stuff happened because one of us was doing something stupid. And so it's like you're, you're trying to make, make this ship work with different people is is a huge huge deal it uh yeah. it really adds a lot to the game it does every time i, I can feel like it if my sister got this game let's say i was burnt out on it if my sister got this game i'd sit down and play with her and it would be brand new again to me for a couple hours playing it with her mm-hmm. if fish got this game down the road it'd be brand new again for me shay anyone who got it and i was playing with it with them for the first time seeing their like wonder would make it fun for me for at least a little longer um, that's the kind of game it is. Um, Nick of Time Games said, here's the thing, though. You can't definitively say a game doesn't have enough content if you haven't discovered everything you can do with the established content. Can any player say currently that they've, with 100% confidence, that they've seen everything? I'm still discovering new things every day. Did everyone know that if multiple players play their instruments at the same time, they'll harmonize? Do people know that um, if you play music at a snake, it'll calm it down? Does everyone know there's even purple sharks and more is coming? Stop being lazy and explore. And what he's basically saying is, or he or she, I don't know, I assume Nick of Time Gaming is a Nick. Um, I think what he's trying to say is a lot of these people jump to complain without actually experiencing everything, which is an interesting, uh, I think a fair criticism if you're one of those people. Um, 101 R. Smith says it's a challenge to define what is quality because everyone is a unique individual with different tastes and expectations, which is true. A game could get you 100%, um, a game could get you 100% worth of playtime, but if it doesn't have anything exciting or intriguing, um, then a player is going to feel alienated and drop the game. And that's true. Everyone's got their own idea of a quality. Like Fish and me talk about this all the time. Fish is always looking for value. Fish wants a game. And I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Fish. I love to shove other things in your mouth, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, if I, Thank if, you. Would you think it's fair to say, Fish, that you're always on the lookout for, because you like your systems upon system games, you're looking for like, bang for your buck you're not as much into like oh the experience game uh it's more of a balance of both of those i think you know a lot of value a lot of game time a lot of hours that i could sink into it um playing a game that's genuinely fun for me um i i I tend to like that better um but yeah it, it sounds like sea of thieves is more it's more about that intimate um, pirate life of sailing the seas with friends, which um, 
uh, definitely sounds fun, and it seems like they've set up a, a pretty cool world where you could do that. Um, but yeah, I it, I generally it, whether it be single player or multiplayer, like Destiny or um, Monster Hunter. I mean, it, I could play Destiny single player and have just as much as fun because I could jump in, you know, in with randoms and strikes, or mm-hmm. I can set up a raid with friends and do, you know, a raid with them and have yeah. just as much fun. Well, I mean, I, I just like I, I like the ease of being able to jump into the in into games like that, um, and you know, find what I want to do, and it kind of caters to that. Yeah. I mentioned this briefly before the show, but that, that is something that's an option in this game, actually. You, you can randomly connect with people to form a crew if you want to. Um, I mean, that, but that you I, can't communicate. Well, you could communicate, I guess, with the Yeah, Xbox you can. Party there's, yeah. Well, not just, you hmm. don't even need the party chat. There's, in, there's voice chat built into the game. Um, you can actually you're... hear the other, by the way, you can hear the other crews. Mm-hmm. If you're using that chat, when other boats are near, you can hear them talking. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You can how, hear the how, how close do they have to be though? Um, I don't know the exact, the exact specs on that, but I, I it does happen. Oh. I've experienced it. It's cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, um, that's pretty cool. Actually. For, for example, I was playing earlier today since it's my first time we wanted to get right into the adventuring whenever morgan joined um Mm -hmm. we started a quest right away and so afterwards i wanted to kind of stop and look at all the vendors and stuff and see see what i could see um but because i started the game as a two-person crew as soon as morgan left it threw someone else in there as a random crew member with me um which yeah, it worked pretty well. I mean, we were able to talk and do stuff, and you know, get killed by the much larger crew that pulled in behind us um, right before I was about to log out. But uh, I mean, that is but an option. It, it, it is. It is something you can do. Option. Yeah, just kind of like yeah. you were saying with you know, just a random, random queue for for strikes in in Destiny. Mm-hmm. So it is something yeah, that cool. can be done. I don't. I don't know if. It's I'm residuals. Just, it's like playing yeah. with your friends is a 10 out of 10. Playing with a stranger is like probably an 8. And playing by yourself is probably like a 7 or a 6. It's just like residual. Each time you just go down, down, down. <laughs> so, um, but yes, but that fish, I mean, I think that's just an inch. Like, anyways, I think that we covered that pretty well. Let's see. Kazger one m three says, "Does the narrative complement the grind? The game can be pretty, but if it's not fun to explore, then why explore it in the first place?" Um, but again, that's uh, going to depend on the person. But I think it's there. Spocklip said, "Quality, not quantity." A lot of people said that. Quality, not quantity, which is what I'm saying, and I believe in that um, heavily. But I think that's a that's a tougher thing to sell people because yeah. well, money. And also, like Fish was saying, there is tons of quantity. It's just the same quantity over and over again. Like, cause like we're mentioning, it's a kind of grindy game. So if you are seeing the same quests over and over again, that could get a little old. Um, well, and, you'll never get the same like spots and, well, and stuff, no, but you might get the like same, very, like, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same goals just, you know, happen to be in a different spot. Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, but they do progress, but yes, they progress and change, but at some point I assume that does stop. So 
Joe Vro said, you're absolutely right about the quality of the content developed. A lot of the world likes to put numbers or a label, things a certain, um, a numbers or a label on things a certain way in life. And life isn't that way. Video games are no different. Art is anything you put into your soul, and video games are very much so. And that's true. People are always trying to label something or put, like, a, um, some sort of, like, content or box something in when... it's Look at it this way. The most unique and brave games that are going to come out, it's going to be harder for those to really give you hundreds of hours of new things because they're trying out a new concept and a new idea that they're trying to get right. And that's going to upgrade over time. Um, okay. Shane underscore Solace underscore Johnson said, coming from almost every angle of the gaming world, I can honestly say Sea of Thieves is an absolute breath of fresh air. Um, it is not without its issues and blemishes, but I always look past that when I'm traveling through the world that was obviously painstakingly ironed out for four plus years. You can feel the passion and effort. Um, now on my counterpoint, as a gaming community, we are bombarded with games developers know we want in quotation marks. Chuck full of multiplayer, XP, DLC, leveling up, etc, etc. Mario didn't have XP, Zelda and Metroid introduced vast RPG elements without additional content and XP. A very notable studio gave us a game that calls back to the days of just playing the game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree with that. There's a a weird... Go ahead, Josh, sorry. I mean, like he he was alluding to in there, Breath of the Wild came out and pretty much everything you're grinding for is just an extra heart container. I mean, for the most part, you get you can level up gear and stuff like that, but that essentially boils down to the same thing. It's, it's from a different angle, because if you have more armor, you're taking less damage to those heart containers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, it's, the that's, that's it's, it's the one thing that you're leveling up as you go through that. If, if the game world is enough fun to be in, it doesn't matter if the... They, they don't need to give you these crazy rewards if the reward is just playing the game. Yeah, so. it's going to scare people away from trying new brave stuff, and that sucks. Um, Vimbrew underscore says, depends on the game, but normally I'd rather play a game for a shorter time and have it look gorgeous than have a shit ton of lower quality looking filler content. Filler sucks. I mean, let's all remember, Hybrid Theory was 30 minutes long. However, there... <laughs> I'm going to get so much shit for that. However, there are some games like um, Little Big Planet 3 that I was disappointed in. Hate when the games just seem to start and then it ends. All about balance and replayability. Also, uh, she left my uh, favorite comment. She said, hashtag Chomp Nation. So, hashtag Chomp Nation. That's where it's at. That's what we got to call our... I I couldn't figure it out. (laughs) What we were going to call our listeners and and followers for the longest time. Chompers or this... I call them chompers sometimes. It sounds cute, little chompers. But Chomp Nation, I like it. Sounds good. Um, and this guy disagrees with strongly, but I'll read his. Oh, well, no, this one's good. Sweet underscore Z4L said, don't be salty, Morgan. Like you said yesterday, this game is not for everyone. Let's not forget that most people will be miserable no matter how great the finished product may be. If you're enjoying it yourself, that's all that matters. Now, I will say this. I agree. It might not be for everyone. But my, if you don't like the content that's there, that's a different argument altogether. It's more about the idea of I like what's here, but there's not enough kind of a thing so which i'm sick of hearing everywhere there's no content anyways i think that's enough thank i I read all you guys' comments i wish i could read them all on every show but the the support has been overwhelming so thanks everyone again for indulging it i promise even if i don't read your comment i read it i appreciate it i digest it and i love all of you um bio break time time for a giant squid to enter our lives we'll just slap a big giant squid on the deck as we uh get to the bio break portion of the show 
<laughs> where Shade slaps his giant squid on the deck, and we all admire it. Um, let's see here. The bio break portion of the show is from ScienceDaily.com, the place we go, know, and love. Summary of the article is the giant squid is one of the most enigmatic animals on the planet. It is extremely rare. Oh, I fucked that up. It is extremely rarely seen. That's a weird. Extremely rarely. That fucked my brain. Except as the remains of animals that have been washed ashore and placed in the formalin or ethanol collections of museums. But now researchers have discovered that no matter where in the world they are found, the fabled animals are so closely related at a genetic level that they represent a single global population. And thus, despite previous statements to the contrary, a single species worldwide. So the very short one sentence summary of this is enigmatic giant squid is the same species in all oceans of the planet. DNA studies show. Tell me why this is why this is uh, pretty crazy, Shay. Um, it's just interesting because obviously there are a lot of squids, um, in pirate lore. So first off, that was, of course, we had to make that correlation there, but it's interesting because like you said, uh, that the giant squid has been so rarely seen. This article was, uh, made in 2013 and since then they've had a few very rare sightings of squids since then but the it was less than one year ago uh, when this article was released that they first filmed the giant squid so this creature's been on earth for many years but it was just six years ago that the first time it was filmed because it's just so elusive it um it hides deeper in the ocean and when it comes out it doesn't want to be seen. That's just, that's its MO essentially. And it's, it's really contradictory because this, this, um, this 10 armed creature, because squids have 10 octopi have eight. It grows up to 13 meters long, mm-hmm. which, uh, is insanely big because some humans are like, I'm two meters. So six feet. So basically, you are taking six times six of you, six point five yeah. of me, and that was terrible English, but you get the point. And um, over nine hundred kilograms, which is massive. That is a massive, massive, massive creature that is rarely, rarely seen. That is insane. Um, but it's like the megalodon. People rarely see that anymore. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> cryptozoology aside, um, but there, this, this PhD student that they talked to, his name is Inger Winkleman, or Winkleman. That's um, a great name. He, yeah, Winkleman. Hi, my name's Winkleman. Yeah. But um, he collected data from 43 giant, the remains of 43 giant squids. So they, they were dead at this point. And this is how they're able to discover that there is no genetical difference uh, across these species worldwide because they were taking them from different geographically located populations. So there's a theory um, right now that basically all these giant squid descended from one population and then they were kind of just spread out worldwide and these giant squid are inevitably what has led to 
the um the mythology behind the kraken and other various creatures and they've been put in lore like you look at it from lord of the rings or like i said sea different thieves. pirate stories or um I believe there's a Kraken or a giant squid in Odysseus. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, it's just these, these creatures are what... Clash um, of the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Just th- These creatures are what many mythology... Well, what a lot of mythology is based on. So that tells you that these creatures have been around for a long time. And the fact that we have just okay. filmed one six years ago is insane. So. There's actually a really cool, if you never read the book Sphere by Michael Crichton, there's a really cool sequence with a giant squid in that book that's terrifying. Uh, I, I it's a actually. good book, I'm telling you. It's a really good book. Sphere. Uh, anyways, uh, in the giant squid world, I'm trying to think of all the giant... What's the most famous giant squid you can think of? Fish, go! There we go. That's what I'm saying. Huh. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. Yeah, um, I, w- I would have thought it was the one that uh, yeah. that fights with Moby Dick at the end of that book. During the, oh, that, that during, during book. the big battle yeah. scene. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. <laughs> that squid is a metaphor for mm-hmm. something else. Um, yes, so... Before Queequeg uh, eventually, she, you know, kind of... I, I, I do find it interesting, down, though, that... Them. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to ruin no, I, some, I, some poor listener's grades. Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting, Shay, that like all the all those giant squid do share genetic uh, information with each other, but they're found throughout the whole world. Which you know, usually when you see different species of like bears or cats, it like it differs from region to region and where you can find them. But throughout the whole entire sea, these squids are essentially. Uh, have the same habits, the same probably diet. They don't have to either evolve differently from one place to the next. They can just survive, I guess, out in the deep sea um, throughout the entire world. And not having right. those genetic t- differences uh, is very fascinating um, to think of. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you bring up some really interesting points there because, first off, um, in terms of evolution, that basically means that these creatures are very migratory. So they must migrate either great distances or there must be pockets of these populations um, all over the seas in the world. And if that's the case, how are we not seeing these giant pockets of, are these pockets of giant squids? That's insane. Giant squid, rather. Well, I mean, we can't, we don't, we can't see the Loch Ness Monster and it's huge. So. Stop with the cryptozoology. <laughs> God damn. But like <laughs> I think I think and I, I'm sure there are some articles about this. I haven't read enough about it to be honest with you. I'm sure these creatures are highly migratory, which would make sense with how big they are. And that brings into effect even greater questions I think that scientists and potentially, you know, I would be curious to know, is like the kind of like their energy allocation. Because if you're a migratory species you have to be constantly eating because you're expending all this energy. And it would be interesting to see like how they kind of regulate um, salinity as well, because if, if they're going to different oceans or they're going to different parts of different oceans, like maybe they're going to a saltier part of the ocean or a less salty or how they handle pressure, just like all this 
all these questions are there about just this one creature, like what evolutionary advantages and adaptations they've have and they've developed over time. So yeah, yeah. that's that's a really good point, Fish. Um okay, well, yeah, it's it's interesting and uh on that note, I think we can also my favorite giant squid is definitely Giant Squid Studios, creators of Abzu. Congratulations. I'm just trying to think of every squid that's, I can think. Of. I think that, I think that's my second favorite. My first one is uh Josh's penis. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just let that hang in there. Ten, it Josh, has ten arms. How do, how do you feel? Is it tentacle porn? Is that what it is? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Josh's penis is like tentacle porn. Um, yes. I could see it. That He's got the main thing in several there. Several surgeries do, to, to get do, it how it really <laughs> needed to end up there. <laughs> See the Frankenstein Man, who's your, shit. Who's your surgeon? I gotta meet this guy. The, the oh, plastic surgeon. Oh, it was actually Dave, plastic. the leather guy. He, uh, <laughs> it's why he ended up so good with leather. He's recently taken uh, up surgery. Working with live. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheap, too. Cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do squids have those little, like, octopus have those, like, squid. beaks? How, like, if you look at. Do squids. Do squids have. Do squid? Squid. Squid. Do squid have little beaks, like, octopus? Octopu- octopi do? Yes. Okay. Just curious. Um, I saw Finding Dory, and that uh, octopus looked real scary when it was trying to eat it. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got. All right, moving on. Thank you yeah. for the bio break. Um, come on, guys. They, they, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I was watching. In Finding Dory, they try to emphasize, like, most little kids probably don't know an octopus has a beak. But when the octopus gets caught and it's sucking the fish toward it, you can see its beak snapping. So I imagine a lot of kids are probably sitting there like, what? Why does this octopus have like a beak? It looks like a bird. But it's just something you learn. So it's interesting that they emphasize that, that moment of terror. So, Okay. All right. Moving on. Thank you for that bio break. Uh, fits right in with the, the theme of the show, matey. Um, me and Josh wrapped up A Way Out, um, and it was torturous. I will say on my half, Josh, Ugh. I was like dreading it all week. Um, wow. I, we got a lot of it out of our system today, but that game... Just would not end. Every time me and Josh thought that game was going to end, it just kept yeah. going on. I said roll credits content. about eight times before it finally happened. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is this is it. It's, it's free. Yeah, we should. That should be the new Josh. That should be the new barometer of torture. If someone loses a bet around our Chompcast thing, instead of spicy bananas, someone should have to play a way out with someone. That is the ultimate barometer of yeah. torture. Um, uh, uh, which is unfortunate because we had high hopes after the first short session with it, and it just hopes, uh, I had hopes. Yeah. yeah. The prison, the escaping of the prison, we've determined is the best part of the game mm-hmm. by far, and it's still not that great. It's just better. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Eventually, I mean, I think... towards the very end, it gets so bad that it's it approaches bad enough to be good. It approaches mm-hmm. there at yes. the end. Like and and it would, yes yeah it does yeah. it uh, and it it works on that level because you're stuck playing with a friend so the two of you can uh-huh. sit there and riff on it the entire time it's being that bad um which is <sighs> sad that that's the way it turned out but uh, yeah well the thing that bothers me about the guy who made, what was his name again Fish Joseph Ferraris. Uh, 
Ferris. Like, this guy came out, he's dropping all those F-bombs, he's defending EA at the Game Awards, trying to get some press for himself. He seemed like the, an interesting cat. And his game is, like, so fucking dull, and he had a chance to make a big-budget game with EA, and like Josh said, this game is nothing like Brothers. This is, like, the most soulless, boring game I've ever played in my entire fucking life. I'm like, mm. shame on this guy. Like, I've, it, I don't know if it's EA's fault, but I don't, I have to give him the blame. And everything EA touches turns to crap. We've determined that. But, ugh, like, yeah. the fact that you'd let your, it's just gross. The whole thing's gross. And if, if anybody reviews this game, gives it more than a five, you need to just run away for the rest of your life because it's just awful. It's just, it's terrible. It just, even the end of the game turns into a shooter. Like, you don't shoot at all for the first uh, three or four hours of the game. The last, like, two hours of the game are just all shooting, and it's awful. It's like a D-level Gears of War. Um, yeah. In fact, Josh just ran around punching people instead because yes, it was easier. Yes, because you can one-punch anything, and all the weapons they give you have horrible, horrible aim and recoil all over the place. So... My strategy was just to run through this, you know, drug lord's hideout in Mexico and and just punch all his guards to death um, because mm-hmm. that was the most efficient way to do it because of the horrible, horrible shooting in the game, which Ugh. made the game better. Running through there and just <laughs> punching everyone to death. Uh, oh, God. It was uh, so bad. And that was, yeah, when you think the game's going to end when you kill the villain, there's a huge twist. And also, the characters are so bad and overwrought. The dialogue is like something a teenager might write. It's yeah. just, there was nothing. Not, I, I, I thought about this today, Josh, and I said about the game. I tried to think of one redeemable feature about this game. And I think maybe I'd say the music seemed kind of nice at times. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. This game, there's nothing. And it was boring. Bad and boring. Yeah. Yeah, the big issue, and I mean, I mentioned this briefly before, and I'm going to, minor spoilers, only in the mechanical side, um, because one of the things I kind of expected from this game after Brothers, which used the gameplay mechanics in that game in order to tell a really affecting story, um... I expected they were going to do something like that with this one, a game you're playing co-op the entire time. And eventually they get there and you get to the end of the game and you're all of a sudden playing against each other. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Which but, would be cool in theory. Like you play with yourself. You play, I'm sorry, you play with yourself. <laughs> you play with yourself the whole time. That's what I was doing. I was playing myself. Mm-hmm. You play with a friend and then at the end the game says, oh, now you turn against your friend. That's a cool idea, right? Yeah, yeah, it it is, but the writing behind that gives you absolutely zero motivation for it. Like, the big twist happens, and the two of us are sitting there like, okay, they want us to hate each other, the music changed, obviously they think we're really going to be into this, but there was literally nothing to back it up. There were so many plot holes at that yeah. point that... It's uh, there's no way you could bind the story enough to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally, totally on board with killing this other guy now, and mm-hmm. and this is yeah. So it just it this, ruins this, it. It it absolutely it ruins that twist because you get to that point, and you're like, no, I think we could talk this out. 
like given the plot they led up to that point with, it's so obviously something that could be talked out in about 10 seconds. You're like, oh no, we need to kill each other. That's, that's the only solution to this. It's just like, uh, 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 it, uh, just gives you a headache when it happens. Like, yeah. Yeah. And even like little things like I tried to I was trying to end the game. Like at one point, Josh's character was um, swimming toward my character to catch me. And I just put the controller down. I'm like, I don't want to fucking play this game anymore. Catch me. And the the game was giving me this active time battle or this active time. um, What are they called? Quick time event. It was giving this quick time event. And I just ignored it. Mm-hmm. But he still did what he was gonna do anyway. He started the boat and started driving. So it's like even when I wasn't playing the game, it was still fucking going. I'm like, I don't understand the point of this game. Even the actions yeah. they have you do are generally pointless. The entire battle at the end of the game is pointless because it oh. ends with a quick time event, and yeah. whoever wins that event wins the whole thing. The so whole, it yes. negates everything like, that comes. There's about it. a 20 it's, minute it, sequence where we're doing all these things against each other, ostensibly affecting what's going on, and like you said that starting the boat quick time event you can't lose uh i bet if i just sat there in the water eventually it would have just like the helicopter would have come and picked me up just the same way which yeah. that's there's not enough going on there to be a real spoiler josh was just shooting in the sky you were supposed was, to be shooting at me like they i'm supposed to be, to be shooting at him just... yeah i was i was shooting at oncoming traffic i shot at a passenger train that was driving by um shooting everything except for Morgan and the scene plays out the same way. <laughs> so, so bad. And then it's, like, oh. and it gets into a multi-stage boss fight against each other where you're both stuck in identical rooms where you can't reach each other. And the only way to interact is to shoot at each other, which ends once one of your health gets a little low and then it moves on to the next one. And then that ends once somebody's health gets a little low. And then the only thing that matters in the entire segment is mashing X or mashing square at the end of the game. That's it. The last quick time. That's the the only thing that had any impact on the entire scene was who mashed square more quickly at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. That was, that was it. Um, which, who did, who mashed harder? We both sat there forever. Like we both sat there like, what's going to (laughs) happen if we both just sit here? Like what? And nothing, nothing happens. Yeah, I just so eventually I no pushed energy. square enough. I I to, wanted to die yeah, because was, my ugh. character I hated. He had a, he had a big nose and an ugly face and he was really lame. And I was like, I just want this guy to die. So I was like, Josh, just kill me. I'm just take me out. So mm-hmm. I mean, I hated. I didn't like both the characters, but I hated mine. So it was just like whatever. <laughs> just kill me. Uh, ugh. Yeah. It was. Yes. It was. That was hard. That was hard to finish. And normally. We would just not finish the game and go on with our lives, but because me and Josh started it, we felt this like weird obligation to finish it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, and I, I'm I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did because it was such a train wreck that it was a lot of fun to be on together. Like, let's yeah, watch this thing crash. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think I would have had more fun if I wasn't thinking in the back of my head. Man, we could be having a lot more fun with Sea of Thieves right now if I wasn't playing this <laughs> garbage fucking. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. way out uh, Charlie right now anyone in, in our audience who's thinking about trying this game please just stay stay far away this game is designed for people that have one never played a video game before and two are very boring that's it if you're boring and you've never played a video game you're gonna love a way out also if you've never seen any cl- crime related media ever then, <laughs> ever. then quite a lot of this stereotype. will be original um yeah 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 they're <laughs> 
It's unbelievably like even the end. It seemed like they were kind of biting off Scarface. It's just like the Shawshank. It was just, and not even in the best ways. Not even in clever ways. Just like, oh god. Yeah. <sighs> so bad. I rarely say that. I rarely say a game is awful, and I generally was pained playing this. But we finished it, and um, we can add that to the to the books. I know Shay, you were mentioning you really wanted to talk a little into the breach because you've been playing a lot more of it. A game that I haven't been playing a lot lately, but of course I love dearly. Um, you finally beat it! You finally beat Into the Breach! Yay! Yeah, it took me way too long to beat that game, but I finally did it. I, uh, it was like the first day I had free time in this apartment. I just sat down all day and I played it. And, um, yeah, I finally beat it. It felt good. It felt damn good. It was really rewarding. And uh, I started playing with some, around with some of the other mech teams. Um, primarily the Frozen Titans, and now that I've finally kind of gotten used to how everything works in the game, it's a lot more fun using different mechs. Uh, so I definitely, mm-hmm. I I'm not I kind of burnt myself out for now, but I definitely want to play it again um, down the road. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, man, that game is so rewarding to play and beat. I just I feel like just in terms of like strategies. Um, with tactics games in general, I just I just felt like to me, it taught me a lot more about positioning because positioning is so key in this game uh, compared to something like Fire Emblem or Shining Force, where it's not as important. It's more about power, where this game is more mm-hmm. about finesse, and it just yeah, I just it felt very rewarded by playing and beating this game and spending all the time that I did, even though it took a long time to beat, it's because. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm stupid, but yeah. I want to get fish in on this game so desperately. We need to get fish in on this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually I'll play it whenever I have, you know. He he messaged me. Time. He said he said he was gonna um go see Pacific Rim and then play into the breach so he could have like a full mech um kaiju jerk off thing. Um but I well, guess I, really I don't think the jerk-off part is necessary, but the rest of it would be cool. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good game. So I just I didn't have much to say. <laughs> no, about it. it's very necessary. Come on, don't don't shortchange your brother here. Um, no, yeah, yeah, that's a good game. Love it. I, uh, I mean, how? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I would be very surprised if it doesn't end up making my top five at the end of the year. My favorite Agreed. turn-based strategy game. Ever. Ever. Oh, yeah. It's damn good. It's damn good. Cool um, beans. Cool beans. Sure thing. Shoot my beans all over my cockpit. <laughs> Speaking of strategy <laughs> games and tactics games, let's be a perfect Shining time to Force 2! Yeah, I was going to segue. So, the if you missed last week's show, you should go find it, because it was a good time. But one of the <laughs> polls I did last week for Shay, even though he wasn't here, was, um, have you ever heard of Shay's favorite video game series, Shining Force? Because not only does Shay love this series, but no one's ever played it. And I went a step further and said, have you even heard of it? And 60-something percent of our audience said they've never even heard of it. And that had to hurt. Shay, how did you feel when you saw the results of that poll? I was surprised so few people had heard and played of this series because it has 28 games. 
But when I considered it, it's across so many different platforms because they had games on the Genesis, the Sega Saturn, the Sega Game Gear. They've had it on Game Boy Advance. They had some on PS2. Um, it's just it's been spread out over so many different platforms um, that yeah, it's kind of weird to me that not a lot of people have heard about it. But at the same time, the only reason why I had really heard of the game is because my father, um, when he gifted me. Um, his Sega Genesis that he bought in Korea when he was in the military when I was so little and we would play video games together. That was just one of the video games I would sit there and watch him play. And then when he finally would let me start playing my own video games when I was so little, that was one of the first games I ever played. Um, and so I had a, I had a ton of fun, fun memories of that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a little disconcerting, but I understand, but I'm actually more interested to hear that since you actually decided to buy the second one and play it a little bit um if you had changed your mind because i know the first one when we were doing our old podcast you were not so keen on and then um not that it was like you thought it was well, a bad game yeah. it just wasn't your favorite uh, so i'd be i'm uh, interested to hear what you think about the second one so the weird thing the only thing i think that i heard shining force long term is that the aesthetic does not hold up as well. I still think the music was held up pretty well. It didn't have nostalgia for me, but I thought the music was still great for... I played Shining Force 2 because I was I was looking them up and IGN had given that one like a 9 back in the day, which is really high. They actually had it in like their top 100 games of all time. The Shining Force 2 was actually the, the more critically regarded in the series from what I was uh, digging up. Um, so that was the one I decided to dive into. And it was, it was weird because like jumping from Into the Breach to that, the first battle in Shining Force, they didn't tell me what to do. I was outnumbered by, like, seven of these, like, ghost things. Um, I had to, like, yeah. use a potion several times, which surprised me. I missed. The, many times I was going to kill an enemy, and I fucking missed. My attack just missed for no reason, and I died. And I was like, this is fucking hard. This is surprisingly hard, but but for reasons that were beyond my... Um, like understanding at the time, I was like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to use potions in the first battle. I guess I can miss, so just kind of roll with the punches. And I ended up doing fine as I got through the first couple match or battles. But um, just very archaic, very tough. Um, and I yeah. just think that the, I think that the thing about it that has trouble holding up is just the look of the game. I know in the in the Sega Genesis days, I think I could definitely see how it would have been like much more charming and whimsical. But some older games just don't hold up aesthetically anymore. Uh, like the look of this game, if you don't have nostalgia with it, it just looks real. Like, like it's like someone had the most generic idea of what like fantasy looked like. Like there's a guy with an, a bow and a girl with a staff, and you know it's like just the most traditional. I, I they, yeah, they they had to make do with what they had technologically at the time. So yeah, I can understand that criticism. Yeah. and I would, I would. I would like to compare it to like Ogre Battle or something. I've never played that eager either, but that's a similar game, Ogre Battle, that came out at the same time. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a little bit yeah. darker, but it's same kind of game. Um, but it was yeah. it was just tough. It was tough. Like you, it was all those things we talked about before. Like your attacks would miss just because. Like I had to heal a lot in the very first fight of the game, which I didn't mm -hmm. expect. Um, I was over overrun, but I mean, I I got through it, and I was just like right off the bat, I was like, yeah, this is old. Old games are tough. Um, yeah, yeah, I so am. That, so I was telling I was telling you guys I'd went back and played the second one on uh harder difficulty because I'd never done that for some reason. And yeah, that first battle is fairly difficult. Um in the first game, 
it's kind of similar. You have a little bit more characters, and, but you're still a little bit outnumbered. But it's not like overwhelmingly outnumbered. Whereas this game, when yes. you first start, in the second one, when you start out, you you have three characters, so you have pretty much half the amount of characters the first game gives you, and about the same amount of enemies. And they, yeah, it does feel a little bit overwhelming. The first few battles um, are a little bit tougher, and playing it on an even harder difficulty for me, I actually, I died a few times in that first battle, which that first battle second nature to me. And I kind of had to develop more strategies and rethink of how to um, play and beat the beginning. So it's interesting because hearing, hearing that from you, like that, that, that part was so difficult for you, which I don't think it is, but that's because I played the game so many times that um yeah i could see that i could see that being the case but it's cool that you think the music holds up because for for me obviously i have a ton of nostalgia associated with it so i'm completely biased but to hear that from someone else that actually makes me feel really good um yeah i think music in a lot of older games holds up a lot better but i i did i i like the music in this one for the most part especially the opening uh musical yeah, section but yeah the very trumpetous snare drum ridden intro is awesome yeah that, mm-hmm. i i remember that intro so vividly um it's it's sad that you um, didn't but you, yeah you it, it's sad you weren't as high on the the visuals because i think it has that that's one of the big things i think for the first and second game is it has this level of charm to it but it is very 90s fantasy it, it very much so um just kind yeah. of the depiction of it is incredibly 90s but it has this level of charm and charisma to me because of that um and it, it it has its own niche because of that but it's sad that it didn't resonate with you i guess but i understand i that. just i feel like i feel like someone said the art style is to not have an art style kind of a thing like it's like intentionally plain um but like i said i think in the 90s if especially if i was a kid I think I would have perceived it very differently. But even then, look at Final Fantasy. Look at the style of that compared. That was also in the early 90s, like Final Fantasy 5 or 6. If you were to compare the art in that to the art in Shining Force, it's like miles apart. But they're just, they're, that's just more my thing. But I will say this. If I was a well, kid, you, it would have probably been a lot different. Well, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges there because the, I, I think a little bit because you're, you're, that's more of an adventure turn-based game whereas this one is like just tactics turn-based so the the focus of the art style is going to be when you're in those battle sequences which i agree the the actual boards themselves like your your the set pieces like where where the battles take place like when you're looking at the board is fairly plain it doesn't have much going on there and i agree that is not where a majority of the um the the art style or the the charm comes from it's when you're during those fight sequences when you actually see your characters up close or you're talking to your characters outside of a battle or you're walking around the different towns and you're seeing how they're kind of put together and the different areas which maybe if you had gotten further into the game you would see where the charm lies within the game but um there are some areas in that game that are less plain a lot more beautiful because the the first fight takes place in this very 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 plain um 
battlefield. So I can I can see that yeah. I can I can see that being the a legitimate criticism. It's uh, it's yeah, it's just tough. It's tough if you don't have the nostalgia. You know, but the weird thing is they actually, the people who made that, it's not, because it said, like, developed by Sonic, and I was like, what is this, Sonic Team? What is this? But it's actually, it, they were called, so they were called, I'm looking at this right now, Sonic Software Planning, and if you click on that in the Wikipedia, it takes you to Camelot. So they became Camelot Games, um, who make, like, Mario Golf and, like, Golden Sun and stuff like that, which is really weird, so. Yeah. That's a weird pairing. It is. It is. But yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those things that just would have helped to grow up with. But yeah, anyways, I, it's tough. It's tough and um, very traditional. Um, but yeah, I, traditional, mean, I can... I th- like, what, would you, how about this? Would you recommend that someone who likes tactics games go back and give this a try? Like, you, you're not as fond on tactics games, but if like someone who is listening really liked the old Fire Emblems, liked ogre battle likes into the breach would you recommend that they go back and at least try shining force i do think there's enough there oh that's tough well see the thing is yeah you're looking at like if you really like final fantasy tactics and you really like fire emblem then i think there's a curiosity for there for me i just like to check things out to see what they're like to see why this was a big thing early in the 90s and then why it completely died off why no one's beating around the bush um I don't I I I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say. Like I just maybe maybe <laughs> it's 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 tough. It's tough. I don't know if I've even played enough to have an intelligent um uh, opinion on that because Yeah, cuz the first bat the first battle is nothing, man. You'd have to get like I think I did the first I I did, but I think that I would have to say I think that genre has a harder time holding up for me than other genres because of how much it's changed over time. I even have problems with some of the newer ones. So I'm just biased there. I just don't, I don't, I think that genre started in a very difficult place and it's, it's frustrating and very primitive. And I don't know how much you'll really gain from it if you don't have nostalgia, but I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It really is. It's, it's a, it's a tough genre to go back to. We got it. It's tough. We got it. I'm going to beat her on the bush. I'm going to beat her on the bush. Um, Speaking of beating around the bush, uh, let's see if there's anything else that we missed here that I wanted to catch up on for the show. Wrap up. Time for the wrap up of the show. Yep. That we can get on to next wrap week. Um, Winter is coming. Wrap, wrap it up. We, we, yeah, yes. Wrap it up. Winter is coming. And um, it will prevent you from. So it looks like, well, no, actually it'll just contain your. Uh, okay. So what came out this week on the. Instagram page uh, that I want to highlight at Sorechomp on Instagram. Check it out. Remember, share this podcast with your friends. It's the most vile and fun podcast in gaming around. Um, I was proud and I put up that we crossed 5,455 unique subscribers and growing. And there was a lot of love and support there from the community. I got a couple really cool Sea of Thieves videos up. Um, of course, the question of the week up. And my uh, video where I was talking about quality over quantity of content. And like I said, there's polls every Tuesday and questions every Thursday that we try to feed into the show. And we've been growing a lot, so it's hard. And I want to use every comment I can on the show. But it's just, it's just tough sometimes. Um, so we don't you know, end up recording a 10-hour podcast. But my recorder for this show says it's only at about two and a half hours. So that's about par for us. Um, but it's going to be fun. Next week, I am 
excited to talk about Far Cry 5. You guys have no ex idea how excited I am that part of my brain, that little clit in my brain, my brain clit is throbbing. And I'm just, people are sucking and licking and flicking it. And I'm just, that's Far Cry 5 right now because I've never played a Far Cry game. So it's like, all right, shake points. <laughs> um, and I totally derailed myself. So thanks for listening to the show. It's been a lot of fun. We'll have more Sea of Thieves talk, uh, more Far Cry talk, and then we'll see what Shay and Fish get to. It'll, you know, it's always full of surprises, more polls, uh, and just good stuff, good stuff coming. So thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for getting involved. Thanks for supporting us. And we will see you next week. <laughs>